So we read from Ephesians chapter um, 1. That was our reading. So we're going to go there, and if you want to turn there, turn your devices there, open your Bibles there, whatever. We're going to be right there in chapter 1. When we think about, when I was thinking about today, and was thinking about camp, and I was out there a couple of days. I didn't stay all week out there, but I, got, I was blessed by being there. And I've been blessed by watching um, all these people interact with our young people all summer long. And we've had great participation, and, and the kids, I think, would tell you they've had a wonderful summer. And it's one aspect of this congregation. We have a college group that they're a little bit slow right now because it's summertime, and they're going to be back full force come fall. Just next month, they'll be back. There's, there are so many things that are going on in this congregation, and it's vibrant, and it's a blessing to be a part of that, and it's a blessing to share that. With, with people who enjoy being a part of that. And so um, I had that on my heart, and I, so I just thought about Ephesians, and I thought, you know, um, let's talk about that just a little bit tonight. It'll be a good, upbeat lesson. If you go to James chapter 117, we find there that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from God. Everything good in this world comes from God. And one of the things that, that we definitely want to avoid in the afterlife is not being with God. Because that's where all the good stuff's going to be. And if everything that is good comes from God, then the other place you might go, you're just going to have to assume and just know that there's an absence of good. Because God's not going to be there. And so we want to be where God is for the simple fact that everything good comes from God. Look at these little babies. We got the Dickies are here with their baby first time, right? First time. Right back here. Yeah, first time she's been here with us. And so uh, we're glad to have them and we're glad to have her and their kids and their family. And uh, we got other babies in the congregation, and, and we're not going to start comparing babies. That Dickie baby's pretty, though. I've seen her once. She's really pretty. That's a blessing from God. Children in this congregation, we had, we had around 95 campers, teenagers and younger, that were children of this congregation and their friends at camp. That's a huge blessing. That's a gift from God. But there's a lot of gifts from God. You know, we're, God's blessing us with some heat right now. God blessed us with a little bit of rain last night. And, and, and God blesses us with nature all around us. And I could go on and on. But all the things that you can think of that would be good, God blesses us with. But the thing is, God blesses the world with a lot of those things too, doesn't he? I mean, like anybody can go out and watch a sunset. Anybody can have a grandchild. Anybody can have a good meal. Anybody can enjoy friendships and relationships. There's a lot of blessings that God gives because he loves mankind in general. There's a lot of blessings that mankind enjoys because God is blessing his children and he's going to let it rain on the just and the unjust just alike. The sun's going to shine on the just and the unjust just alike. But God has special blessings in reserve for his children specifically for Christ's church. There are some blessings that you will only find within Christ's church. And so we want to talk about those just a little bit. If you go to Ephesians and 
Hush just read just a minute ago, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Spiritual blessings. We have spiritual blessings. Now, you know, that's what Spencer was talking about this morning. That's, 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 the, that's the thing for us. That's the thing that makes us different, that we have these blessings and we understand those. These are not things that I'm going to talk about tonight that you don't know, but I believe that it's good to remind ourselves of these from time to time, and I believe that it's good just to lay them out there. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. If you look at that and you think of these heavenly or these uh, spiritual blessings that are in Christ in the church, the first thing I want to look at is the next three verses, and there's some words in there that we can pull out that I think are special. First off, in uh, verse 4, he's, he's going to use the word chosen. He's going to use the word chosen according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. We have been chosen. If we're in Christ's church, we are chosen people. Being chosen is, is kind of a special feeling. And if you were here a couple of weeks ago and Devin Swindle talked to the kids and, and the adults that were in here, he mentioned this word chosen. God chose us long before we ever got here. God chose us even before he created the earth. He chose us. And he chose us before the foundation of the world. When we think of that being chosen, he chose us for a special purpose. And that he said, I'm choosing these people that fit this qualification or that are going to be this kind of people. And he says, I want these to be people who are holy and without blemish. Holy and without blemish. He didn't choose us because we were holy and without blemish, by the way, because none of us were when he chose us. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 said that God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for sinners, of which each one of us have taken part. Christ didn't die for us because we were holy. Christ died for us so that we could be holy. Christ died for us so that we could be without blemish. There's another word that we find in verse 5, and that is adoption. Having predestinated or foreordained us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. He predestined us. That's in the King James. Predestined means determined in advance. He determined in advance that we would be adopted as his children. Adoption is a special word, too. And I think Spencer talked about this two or three weeks ago also, but it's of it's a special interest to me. I, I love the thought that we are adopted as children. Again, not adopted for anything that we've done special. We're saved because we were adopted. He blessed us with that. We've seen and we have families here that adopt children, and, and it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing to watch. But you know, families will tell you too that when you adopt, you don't have guarantees. They don't, they don't come with guarantees or warranties. You take them for what they are. 
you take them for what they are at that time, and, and, and sometimes they can be broken or damaged a little bit. Sometimes there can be some things that you have to work through. And so for me, it's even more special when you think that God is willing to do that with us. God is willing to take us what we can be, what he wants us to be, not what we were or what at the time. And so he puts this spirit of adoption upon us. This is according to his will. This is according to his good pleasure. He wanted this to happen. Romans 8. Romans 8's a really good, um, it's just a really feel-good chapter. And it talks a little bit about this. When you go over to Romans chapter 8, and he said, um, For the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit, excuse me, verse 15, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father is, uh, is not a uh, formal term that you would use for your father. It's a more familiar term like daddy or something of that nature. So not only does he adopt us, but he allows us to have an intimate relationship. And then not only does he adopt us and allow us to be a part of his family, but we get to wear his name. When you adopt someone, you give them your name, and they wear that name from then on. And it's up to them to live up to that name. I like John chapter 1 and verse 12. In John chapter 1 and verse 12, he said, But as many as have received him, to them he gave the right to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. It's a privilege, it's a right, not that we earn, but that he gave us to be able to do that. And so we were chosen. We are adopted. And then there's another one that I want to look at. Another one we want to look at is in uh, verse 6. And this is in the King James, but it says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in Christ. He's made us accepted. It says, in the beloved, but the beloved is Christ. And so we are accepted. Um, some of you kids that are teenagers and uh, you're thinking about college and um, you have to kind of apply. You have to fill out a bunch of papers. And, and then you get a letter back that might say you have been accepted. And uh, some of the more stringent colleges um, takes a little bit more work to be accepted. And you get in some of the Ivy schools and things of that nature and some of the really, really upper, upper crust and upper class, it, it's not easy to be accepted. And you have to really, really excel to be accepted. Not that way with Jesus. How are we accepted according to this verse? By grace. By the glory of his grace wherein he has made us accepted. If you look at that and find uh, over in Romans 2, excuse me, it's in Ephesians 2, in verse 8, he said, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that is not of yourself, it is a gift of God. 
by the grace of God, we've been accepted into his kingdom or into his body, into his family, because of Jesus Christ, because of what he did for us. It takes us to the point, in verse 7 he said, in whom, whom is Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Through grace, through Jesus' sacrifice, we have remission of our sins. We have our sins washed away. If it were not for Jesus, we couldn't have that. And because of Jesus, we continue to have that. In 1 John, it says that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us. The implication is continually cleanses us from our sin. We walk in him, he cleanses us from our sin. We couldn't be acceptable to God without that sacrifice through Jesus Christ. Verses 8, 9, and 10 talk about how that came about in God's mind or in God's plan. God had a plan to forgive mankind of his sin, to take care of man's sin. And from the very beginning in the garden, of course, you know that man sinned and was separated from God spiritually and needed a way back. And it took a long time in our way of looking at things for that to happen and God did it in his own time he had a plan God's time is not our time God's ways are not our ways the way he thinks is not the way we think and yet God had a plan for us and he had a plan before he ever created the world he knew what was going to happen he knew how he wanted us made and he knew that we would be fallible therefore we needed a savior in Jesus Christ when we think about what is God, God has done for us with this plan and how he brought that out, he says in verse 10, in the full dispensation of time, that he might gather up all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. God had a plan for us, and God laid out that plan so that we could have these things that we've talked about, so that we could have that relationship and be in his family, in his kingdom here on earth. When we think about what he has done for us in that regard. Verse 11 says, In whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who called all things after the counsel of his own will. We find the word predestinated again. We find the word that it was planned, it was purposed ahead of time. But we find the, the word inheritance. And you go to Romans uh, 8. Go back to Romans 8, and the, it's... It talks a little bit about that also. We went over there and talked about an adoption just a while ago. But Romans chapter 8, when you go back over there, right after he talks about this adoption, he says, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We wear his name. And if children, then we're heirs. We're heirs of God and we're joint heirs with Christ. And so this spirit of adoption, this spirit of acceptance, the spirit of being chosen and being brought into a family gives us full benefits. It allows us to call the head of the family by a familiar name, Abba Father. It allows us to be a part of that inheritance that's saved up. We get full uh, benefits from being in that family. And he has an inheritance for us. God has saved all that, and he shares that glory with us because he wants us 
to be in his family. When we think about that aspect, we're truly blessed because we're in the family of Christ here on earth. Well, as we go on just a little bit more, he says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also that after you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. God said you're going to be in my family. God said you're going to be a full privileged member of my family. I'm not holding anything back from you. God said, you're going to have an inheritance waiting on you. God said, I'm going to come back and get you, and I'm going to take you there, and I've prepared this place for you. And he said, oh, by the way, let me prove it to you. Let me show you how much I want you there. Let me give you a sign of how much I want you there. And he gives us his Holy Spirit. It says in this verse that we, are, we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The promise of what God is, has in store for us. The promise of what he's going to do now and the promise of what he's going to do for eternity. But he gives us a seal. And in those days, you know, a seal was like kind of a wax seal, you might think of. And we don't do that anymore. When we seal an envelope, we lick it and we stick it. And, you know, in these days, we don't even lick it anymore very much unless you get the really cheap ones like me. You get to peel the little label off and you stick it. But in those days, they didn't have that. And in those days, if they rolled up something or, or sealed something, they would, have a, they would have a wax that they would put on there, and then they would have a stamp. And that stamp would say who it was from, and more often than not, it was from somebody important, and it said, don't open this. Don't, don't bother this. This is under this person's order. And so they would stamp it sealed. God has sealed us with a stamp under that kind of thought process. 2 Corinthians 3.18. There's a thought that, that goes there along with this. And he says, verse 18, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. When we think of being sealed by the Holy Spirit, and we, we look at this verse, and God's intention is for us to be changed. And he said it's like when you read the Scripture, when you, when you think about that, and you, you study that, and you consider that, he wants us to change to be more like Christ every day. And he said, I've given you my seal of the Spirit to do that. And it's, it's almost like that you can kind of picture that He's putting that seal on us. He's embedding that image of Christ in us, in our heart, so that we look more like him every day. He's impressing that upon us, and I think that's what God's Spirit, one of the things that, that God's Spirit does. Not only does he seal us, but he says in verse 14, this is the Holy Spirit being given to you is also the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of his glory. The earnest. Uh, if you bought a house and you had to put down some earnest money, that says, this is mine, and I'm going to get it, and I intend to get it, and nobody else can. And God says, that's the way it is with your inheritance. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. God said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit as a down payment 
on what you're going to get later. Now, he blesses us now as members of his church, but he says there's this other part that's coming later, and the Holy Spirit is showing you that I intend to give you that. He's an earnest for what's coming later. One of the blessings that we find. If you go down just a little bit further then, God has uh, given us one more thing that I want to talk about. Verse 19, he said, What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places? God gives us power. Do you feel powerful? Do you feel stronger? Do you remember how you felt when you first came out of the water? Do you remember how clean you might have felt? Do you remember how happy you might have felt? But do you feel powerful? God wants you to feel powerful. God has His Holy Spirit living in you. He has given you His Son. He has given you everything. He's given you all kinds of things to let you know and be confident that you are His child, that you are in His favor, that you are a prized child of His, that, that you have an inheritance with Him, and He's saving that for you. And while you live your life here, He wants certain things of you. He wants you to live like His Son, like we talked about a while ago. And you say, well, I, I don't know how much I can do that. God gives you the power. God wants you to know that you have power to do that. What kind of power does God give us as members of His kingdom here on earth? We have power over temptation. We're all tempted every day. We're all tempted. And yet God says that there's no temptation taking you but that which is common to man. With every temptation... There's a way of escape. God says, just look for it. I'm giving you the escape hatch. You've got to look for it. But God will help you with that. We have power over temptation, and God's not going to leave us alone with that. We have power over Satan. We talked Wednesday night at camp about putting Satan behind us. We put him behind us. It's up to us. It's our decision. If we stand there and keep looking at him and considering Satan, then we're going to do what he wants us to do. But if we put him behind us, out of sight, out of mind, and then we look at God, then we're looking in the right direction. We have the power to do that. We have the power over sin because we have the power over temptation. God gives us that. We have the power over death. Yes, we're all going to die. But as Spencer said this morning, as Christians, we're just leaving this world and we're going to a better one. We have hope in something that's better than what this world has to offer. And believe me, this world has a lot of good things to offer. All these good things that come from God. But think of the good things that he has in store for you when you leave here. You have power over death. You have the power that allows you to live a Christian life. You have that power. God will help you with all these things, and we have Scripture to back it up that we don't have to go through. You know these things. I haven't told you anything new tonight. But these are things that encourage me. I think these are things that probably will encourage you. Here's the thing that I have to enforce. These are all blessings within the church. These are all blessings that we have because we are 
children of God. These are all blessings that we have because we have been baptized for the remission of sin. Because we have confessed His name and we continue to confess His name with our life every day. That's where the blessings are. That's where the Holy Spirit blessing comes in. That's how you get in God's family. That's how you take His name. That's how you know you have an inheritance waiting for you. If you're in God's kingdom tonight already, then this is an uplifting lesson. If you're not, then hopefully it will encourage you to think about that. Give more, give more thought to it. Give some study to it. If you need some help with that, there's a lot of people in here that will help you with that. It's the right decision to make. We only have this world and this time that we live to make that decision. We're preparing for an eternity. If you need help with that decision, if you need help to be a part of God's kingdom, if you have anything that you want to bring to this church, you bring now as we stand and sing.